Uh, but thank you. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, everybody, for being here today. We do appreciate you being here. We are um, coming to the end of a four-part message series that we call Discover Hope. And so we've been doing this thing together. Um, and in this message series, we've been taking um, kind of a closer look at this gospel message and, and really looking at some of the reasons why people have a, a tough time accepting the gospel. And this gospel is the message that Jesus, that, that God's son Jesus came into this world at a certain point of time, at a certain point in history. He did this thing. He came into this world and he died on a cross. Like this is a thing that happened historically. He died on the cross for our sins somehow. And there's an element of mystery to that. And there's an element of confusion about that. But he he did this thing for us, and then he rose from the dead. He conquered sin. He conquered death. And the, the essential message of Christianity is that anyone who accepts that reality, who accepts this history, who accepts that Jesus has done this, who are, anyone who accepts that gift will receive eternal life. And that sounds awesome, and it's fantastic, and it's wonderful, but not everybody believes that because it's tough to believe. I mean, this whole message, everything that Jesus did, it's foreign to us and it's counterintuitive. I mean, what do we believe? We believe we earn good stuff, right? You do some things and you earn something good, right? You do some work and you earn something good. And that's not the message that Jesus came to preach. He said, no, I'm going to do this for you. You can't earn heaven, so I'm going to do this for you. And so that's the message of Christianity. It's counterintuitive. It's foreign to us. There's also an element of fear. We've talked about that, how it's like, well, I'm, like, what happens if I believe this? What happens if I accept this is true? Is that going to change my life? And the answer to that question is, of course, yes, it will change your life in wonderful ways and so it's a tough to, but we're just kind of we're trying to own the fact that this is a tough to believe message on week two of this series we talked about the fact that there's this question of well can you ever really know anything for certain about God can you really there's so many different ideas how can you find truth in the midst of all these ideas and of course the answer that I threw out to y'all that Sunday was that yes you can know some things about certain for certain about God the reason being is that God wants to be known he wants us to know him and so if you don't believe me, that's fine, but you can go back. If you missed that message, you can go back and, and listen to how I made a case for that. And then last Sunday, those of you who are here, we talked about how there are the many, many, many ways that people have come up with different ideas about, well, how do you end up in heaven? How do you end up in bliss? How do you end up in paradise? How do you, after you die, how do you end up in a place of nirvana or paradise or whatever? And all these different ideas, and all these different ideas have something in common. All these different religious, religious ideas or philosophies, they all have one thing, well, they all have two things in common, if you remember. They all have this idea that you got to do some stuff to earn the reward, right? You do some stuff in the hope that you earn the reward. You do some stuff in the hope that you earn the reward. And Christianity, the message of Jesus is much different than that. It's like, no, Jesus says, I've done this stuff. <laughs> I've died on the cross for your sins. And so Christianity isn't about doing stuff and hoping for a reward. Christianity is about receiving a gift and knowing, not hoping, but knowing that there's a reward of heaven for you. And so again, you can, if you missed that message, you can catch up on that. And so here we are, uh, part four, the journey continues. And so the question that we're trying to answer in this final message in this series is, is it possible to follow a God that you don't understand? And so we'll try to answer that by the time you leave today. Hopefully you'll have an answer to that question. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, we are ab about to celebrate our fifth anniversary as a church, and that's pretty exciting. That's like, like, it's like a milestone. I know, right? They said it would never last. Here we are, year five, and so that's exciting. Um, but we're also, you know, in my household, we're looking forward to another anniversary. Holly and I will be married 10 years in June, so June 15th. <laughs> June 15th. I always remember anniversaries June 15th because Batman Begins came out on June 15th. So it always, I always remember that date. But yeah, we're coming up, we're coming up on our 10th anniversary, and um, it's funny because it's true. Um, <laughs> 
But I got back to thinking about our very first date. First off, our first date, I wasn't even sure that it was a date at first, okay? Because Holly and I were talking. We were at a place. You don't need to know. We were at a thing, and I said, hey, did you get anything to eat? No, I didn't get anything to eat. Okay, let's go grab some dinner. So I threw it out kind of neutral in case it wasn't a date. That way I wouldn't be rejected. I'm like, hey, let's play it this way. Um, but by the end of our meal together, it was clear that it was a date. So anyway, um, so Holly and, I, we, Holly and I, we grew up in the same church together. We went to different schools. We went to the same church together. So we knew about each other. And we'd had some conversations. I don't think we were, you know, like friends, but we were friendly, right? And so we knew some stuff about each other. We knew our families knew each other, and that was all well and good. And so um, I'll tell you this story. All right. So this is such like, whatever. So there was like, we were at this church, and I was, I was leading this summer worship service type thing. I don't remember what it was called. It was 10 years ago. I don't know. I was leading this thing. I was doing like a preaching thing, and Holly shows up at this thing. And so afterwards... After the, the worship service thing was over, Holly and I got to talking. And there was a little bit of a vibe happening, and we're going back and forth, and we're chatting and chatting and chatting. And then in comes the senior pastor, and he tries to like, talk to me about something. I'm like, dude, I've got some mojo going here. Please get out of here. I'm not interested. Fortunately, he went away, kept the vibe going, said, hey, do you want to grab some dinner? We grabbed some dinner. We went to Bennigan's because I'm fancy like that. Remember Bennigan's? Because I'm very, very fancy. I know how to treat a lady. So we went to Bennigan's. <laughs> And we got to talking more. We talked over dinner. We talked more. We talked more. We talked more. And uh, then that, the meal was over. We left, and we'd you know, driven there separately. And so um, we're about to say good, goodbye, and Holly gives me a hug, and she gave me a kiss on the cheek. So it's a pretty bold move, but, uh, <laughs> but I get it. I mean, I get it. And so she gave me a kiss on the cheek, and that's where I knew, okay, this was a date. Okay, this was officially a date. And so I get in my car, and before I even left the parking lot, I had a call from a friend, and so I took out my flip phone and uh, answered the call. It was a friend of mine. He's like, hey, what are you up to? And I said, um, I just had dinner with the girl I'm going to marry. See, whenever I tell that story, whenever I tell that story, all the women say, oh, and all the men think, why are you telling this story, okay? <laughs> it's fine that this happened. Just keep it to yourself. But that's, oh. And so I said that. Now, my friend didn't say, oh, right? He thought I was nuts. He thought I was crazy. How can you know after one meal? <laughs> you know, there's, you don't know much about this girl yet. How can you have made that decision already? And he had a fair point. And so what, what I had was I had some information about who Holly is. I had some information, plus I had this experience. And I just knew, and that was enough. I had some information, but more importantly, I had this person-to-person -person experience. And that was enough. And guess what? I was right, right? Ten years later. Well, 11 years. We got married like less. Yeah, let's clap for that. I don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> and so that's, that's what happened there. But there, like I said, and, and, you know, my friend kind of thought, well, maybe you're being kind of foolish. Maybe you're just kind of being like, you know, overly romantic and you think you're going to marry this girl. But it turns out, yes, yes, that was all I needed was some information and to have that experience. And that was, that's really what we needed there. Now, all the couples in the room, if you're married, at some point in, when, back when you were dating, back before you were married, you had a moment like that, okay? Maybe it was your first date. For some people, that's how it works. You go on that date number one, it's like, yep, this is it. Yep, this is it. I see some heads nodding. Yep, you just know. And for some people, maybe it's a little bit later on. By the way, Holly didn't know at the first date. She caught on a little bit later. But some, some of us, it's like that, right? Some people, it takes a little bit longer to figure that out. But at some point, at some point, you just know. And then to all the single people, if you're like dating or if you've been through that dating phase of life, there's always that question, like, well, how will I know, right? Wasn't that a song, Whitney Houston? 
How will I know? Right? And so, and that's always very tough. It's tough for, I, I've promised before that I wouldn't sing anymore. I should really stop. It's always tough for somebody to try and explain that. Well, how do you know? To try to communicate that to somebody else. Well, how do you know? It's like, you, you, know, you just know. You just know. And the reality is, I didn't know all the things there is to know about Holly after that first date. We've been married 10 years, and I still don't know. I'm still learning new things about Holly, right? Those of you who've been married for a long time, yeah, you share the same stories back and forth. It's like, I heard this already. I heard this. But every once in a while, it's like, wow, you're still, you're still learning each other. You're still growing in that relationship. Now, when it comes to this thing of following Jesus, when it comes to this thing of, of trying to figure out, okay, well, who is this guy, and how does he say I should live, and how do I do this thing, and how do I become a Christian? Do I want to become a Christian? When it comes to all this, we want some information about Jesus, right? We need some information. We don't want to go into this blindly and just say, well, I've heard there's a name Jesus is supposed to be, I don't know. We need, some, we need to know some information. But we also need some experience with Jesus, some kind of experience with God. You need information plus an experience. Information plus an experience. Let me try and show you what I'm talking about here. In the, uh, the Bible passage that Kelby read for us, it's... Um, this is according to Matthew. This is how Jesus calls his first followers. And so basically, uh, Matthew, Matthew gives us this pretty brief explanation of how this happened. And so Jesus is, is just starting out. He's already been baptized by John the Baptist. And he is beginning his teaching ministry. And he says to these guys, these fishermen, um, Simon, who later becomes Peter, but Simon Andrew, they were brothers, and James and John, they were brothers. He says, stop fishing, put down your nets, follow me. And the scripture tells us that immediately they're like, okay. And they just put down their nets and followed him. And that's a pretty wild story. It's pretty amazing that people would just kind of jump to that, that they would make that kind of life change, that they would make that kind of commitment. We're going to go be followers of this guy right away. Luke's gospel, I appreciate Luke's gospel because it gives us a little bit more information. If you have a Bible with you, you might want to turn to Luke 5. Um, and if you want to give yourself a little gift this afternoon, go ahead and read Luke 5, all right? Um, read that chapter. And Luke's gospel gives us some more information about how this thing happened because Matthew's gospel, frankly, just leaves me with some questions like, well, how do these guys know? How do they know it was time to, to go and follow this man, to go and follow Jesus? And so according to Luke's gospel, we get some more details. And basically what we see is that um, Simon, who again becomes Peter later, Simon and Andrew and, and James and John, they were there, and, and Jesus was, was accumulating a, a crowd of people who wanted to hear him speak, and so he gets to the side of the, of the lake, and um, there's people all gathered on the shore to listen to Jesus. And so he turns to Simon. He says, can you do me a favor? Um, this is me paraphrasing. Can you take me out on your boat, because I want to create a little bit of distance between me and the people so I can address them all. Can you take me out on your boat? And so Simon, he's just been out all night fishing, and that's what the fishermen, you fish at night, that's just what you do. You're a fisherman, you fish at night, then you come back, and after you're done fishing, you see what you caught, and you, you tend to the nets, you mend the nets. And so anyway, Simon's just been working all night, Jesus comes along, he's heard some stuff about Jesus already. He's heard some stuff. Um, his fishing partners, James and John, they had heard some stuff about Jesus from John the Baptist. And so they knew there's something about this guy, knew this guy was a man of God, knew whatever. And so here he comes up to Simon and says, can you do this thing for me? And so Simon, for some reason, says, okay, let's do this. And so Jesus hops in the boat. They take the boat out. And so Jesus begins to teach the people that were gathered on the shore. 
while Simon just sits there on the other end of the boat. <laughs> he had this kind of awkward front row seat for the teaching of Jesus, okay? And we're not exactly sure what did Jesus teach at that time? What was going on? What did he teach? We don't know. I, I, I don't know. But he gave, he gave a teaching to the people, and there was Simon just sitting there listening to Jesus, listening. What's he teaching? This is new. This is different. And after Jesus was done, the crowds kind of left and there are the two of them just sitting in that boat, right? <laughs> so now what? <laughs> and Jesus says to Simon, he says, I want you to take your nets and, and throw them in, and, and see if you can catch some fish. And Simon says, well, that doesn't make a lot of sense. It's the wrong time of day. I'm not supposed to be doing this now. And I fished all night. We didn't catch anything. But, read Luke 5, but because you've said so, I'm going to do it. There's something about you. You're a powerful man, clearly. You're a man of God, clearly. Because you've told me to do this thing, I'm going to do it, even though it defies logic. I'm going to do it. And so there was some kind of impact that Jesus had already had on Simon. And so he throws the nets over. They catch so much fish that he can't even bring up the nets. He's like, James, John, get out here. They bring in their boat. They, got, they can't pull it up on the boat. They've got to drag it to shore. <laughs> they get all these fish. And what does Simon do? Oh, please read Luke 5. What does Simon do? They get back on the shore, and Simon says to Jesus, you need to leave. You need to leave because I'm not worthy to be around you. I'm, I'm, I'm broken. I'm a sinner. I'm, I'm some kind of failure. I'm something. I can't be in your presence. You need to leave. And Jesus says, no, you need to come with me. Follow me, and we'll fish for people. Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men, he says to these four guys. And I imagine, I imagine that's so dramatic. That's this, I imagine it's so dramatic. Jesus says, follow me, and we'll fish for people. And he turns and walks away. And the guys all say, do you know what he's talking about? I don't know, but it sounded good. Let's go. And so they follow, they follow Jesus. Did they have all the information at that point in time? Did they know that he was the Messiah? Maybe they hoped for it. Oh, man, the people in those days, they were hoping for some kind of a Messiah. What was that Messiah going to do? What was it going to be? Who was he going to be? Was he going to save them from political oppression? What was this Messiah going to do? Was he going to restore the glory of the nation of Israel? What was this? They were hoping for a Messiah. They needed some kind of Savior. Maybe they were hopeful. Did they know it was him? No, they didn't know. Did they know that the one standing before them? Did, did Simon know that the guy standing on his boat was the son of the living God? Not yet. Not yet, but he had two things. He had some information plus an experience. He had some information about who this man was and is, what he was about. Some information plus this experience. Now, an experience without any information is like, I don't know what just happened, but they had two things, experience plus, plus information, information plus experience, and that was enough. Now, I don't know this. We don't have this in, you know, recorded in our Gospels. We don't know if this happened. But I imagine that those first followers of Jesus, or, or all 12 of them, I imagine that were people, there were people in their lives who said to them, hey, Simon, are you really sure you're going to follow, you're going to give up everything and follow this guy? James, John, are you really going to go and follow? This guy, like he's saying he's a rabbi. We don't know what his credentials are. We don't know who he's trained under. We don't know where he's got this authority. Do you really think it's wise? Can you make it an informed decision at this point? Do you have enough information to really know that this is someone you should be following? I imagine they had to deal with that kind of thing. But for some reason, they had enough information and enough of an experience with Jesus that said, okay, we're going to begin this journey 
together. Let me talk to the Christians in the room for a moment, okay? Isn't Simon's story your story to some degree? Okay, maybe you didn't sit on a boat with Jesus. Maybe you didn't catch a lot of fish. Maybe that. But isn't that your You had some information about Jesus, right? All of you who would say you're Christians or, or say, yeah, I'm on a journey with Jesus, you had some, it started with some information. Somebody told you the gospel message. Somebody told you about Jesus dying on a cross. Somebody told you something. Some information about God and Jesus and who he is and what's important to you was relayed to you and you received that information. But then you also had some kind of an experience with Jesus probably through another person because that's how God works. He works through people. What was that experience? Was it somebody inviting you out for lunch or somebody inviting you to their home for dinner and you get into a conversation and you're face-to-face with somebody and it's relational and you're there and you're having this experience? It was someone extending you help when you were in need? Someone who had the boldness and the craziness to invite you to a worship service or something like that? Or come with me. Someone extending that, that word of encouragement when you were when you really needed to hear it? And probably, if your story is anything like mine, you collected a lot of different information from a lot of different people and then had a lot of different experiences through a lot of different people that added up to you becoming a follower of Jesus. And this thing of following Jesus, you know, there is a decision to be made, but it just, you know, it's not as neat and clean as we would like it to be, you know what I mean? We Christians, sometimes we tell the story, it's like we, we put this idea out there that it's like, okay, you learn some information, you make a decision, you follow Jesus, and that's all there is to it. It's, it's not quite that neat and clean, is it? So your story, I think your story is a lot like Simon's, who becomes Peter, Simon Peter's story. You had some information, not all of it. You had some level of understanding, right? You didn't understand everything. You didn't quite know what you were signing up for, but you had some information, some understanding, but some experience, some experience with Jesus through other people, somehow. Isn't that your story? Those of you who are following Jesus, those of you who are Christians, have that experience where you start to follow, where you start to do this thing. It's like, I don't quite know what I'm signing up for, but I think I know enough to begin the journey. I think I know enough to begin the journey. All right, I'm attempting to do something here today. And this is dangerous, okay? I'm attempting to make two points in one message. I know it's a lot, okay? Maybe it's one point too many. I'm attempting to make two points in one message. But let me talk to the Christians again, okay? Because here's some things. I mean, we Christians, we make all kinds of mistakes and we try so hard, but we're human and we're imperfect. One of the mistakes that we make as Christians, sometimes we just load up on experience. We have all these experiences, but not enough information. Some of us just love the experiences. Oh, there's a Christian concert? I'm going to go to that concert. Yeah. Oh, there's a big kind of conference thing with, a, with a, like a famous Christian speaker? I'm going to go to that thing. Oh, there's another concert? I'm going to go to that thing. Oh, there's another event? I'm going to do that thing. Oh, we're all, our church is going to go do a service thing? I'm going to experience that too. Hey, we're going to Kenya? I'm going to experience that. And all these things are great. All these things are great. But you need more than experience. You also need that information. Where do you find it? You know where. The information is here. It's in our Bibles. And so some of us load up so much on experience, but we don't have the information, and that becomes dangerous. It becomes a dangerous thing. Because what if in the midst of some experience, you get some false information, and you don't know how to separate the false from the true? We need to have that. Also, what happens when hardship comes into your life? You know, when you, when you have that loss or you lose your job or something bad happens and it's like, well, I have all these like warm, fuzzy feelings and I've had these warm Christian experiences, but I don't know the information. And so we need both, Christians. 
We need the information and we need the experiences. But then some, some of us, we mistake, make the mistake in the other direction, don't we? Some Christians just load up on that information. Oh, yeah? Give me that Bible teaching. Let me subscribe to that guy's podcast or this woman's got a wonderful teaching. Let me get this teaching. Give me the teaching. Give me the teaching. We've had people breeze through Hope Community Church and say, feed me, feed me, feed me. Oh, you're not going to feed me. I got to go somewhere else, right? Feed me. Give me the information. I need to listen to the teachings on the radio. I need to be in the Word. I need to be reading the Bible and other books about the Bible. All these things are great, but what about the experience? And so what happens is some Christians, they just ingest so much that they become kind of septic, if I can use that terminology. It's like, what? it's not coming out. <laughs> what about, <laughs> thank you, what about doing this stuff? What does Jesus say? He gives this teaching, we call it the, we call it the Sermon on the Mountain because he preached it on a mountain. At the end of it, he says, okay, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Ta-da! He doesn't say, now that you know these things, you're blessed because you know them. Mm. You got to do it. And so we load up so much on in information, it's like, oh, man, man, we need, we need both. We need both. If we're going to continue in our journey with Jesus, we need both. Peter... Simon Peter, following Jesus, started with that, wow, what, what an experience. Wow, some information. If it would have stopped there, then, then there would be no progress. There'd be no more journey. It wasn't like he said, okay, that's fantastic. I've had this experience. Now I'm a Christian. Leave me alone. No, it's, it doesn't work that way. He needed more information and more experience and more information and more experience, and that's how it works. That's how you grow in your faith. We need the same thing. I mean, that example I gave you with Holly. Here we had this experience where we were at dinner together, and there was that connection, there was that vibe, there was the information, then there was the experience. It's not as if we got married and I said, okay, I live in this room, you live in that room, we've already decided we're in love, that's all we need. I'll see you at my funeral. I don't know, that doesn't, make, that doesn't even make sense. But you know what I'm saying? We needed to have more, there needed to be more information exchanged on our journey of marriage, right? More information, more experiences together because you're growing together as a couple. Some of you in this room who are married, you've been married for a few years, some of you have been married for a long time. You're continuing to grow in your marriage and grow as a couple. It doesn't stop. That's how it should be with Jesus. We need that. We need more information. We need more experiences. We need to keep doing this thing. We need to keep growing in our relationship with Jesus, growing in our journey, taking that next step in the journey. Yesterday at the men's Bible study, we were wrapping up 2 Peter. And 2 Peter, there's a lot of warnings in that book, and it ends with this. Watch out, okay? But keep growing. Keep growing. Peter, this is Peter, the same guy we're talking about. This is Peter who's writing this letter. He's like, you, got, you have to keep growing. And if anybody could have said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm done. You know, I had a front row seat, and I've been with Jesus the whole time. He could have said, you know, I'm done. But he was even growing more. He was reading Paul's letters, and he was growing. We need to keep growing. So here's the point. Here's the one point that I'm trying to make to Christians here, okay? You need to keep growing, right? Because you've got two choices. You're either growing in your faith or you're dying in your faith. All right? You're either growing in your faith or you're dying in your faith. A few weeks ago, I talked about this pride plateau thing that can happen to Christians where you get to a certain point in your faith and you feel like, well, I get it now. I get Jesus, I get the mission of God, I get church, I understand how this all should work, and you kind of hang out on a plateau. Guess what? I was wrong about that. <laughs> There's no such thing as a plateau in your journey of faith. You're either growing or you're dying. 
This is an uphill climb, an uphill journey. And if you stop, you slide back. There's no such thing as stopping. You're either going forward or you're slipping backward. We need to keep growing in our journey with Jesus. So that means we need information, sure, and we need experience. We need both of these things because you are either growing in your faith or you are dying in your faith. Here's the second point I'm trying to make, okay? Now let me talk to the people in the room who would not self-identify as Christians, who maybe are on the fence about it, maybe don't know what this is all about. If you're listening online, if you're here today, let me talk to you, okay? Here's the question that we started with. What's it say in your bulletin? What's that question? Is it possible to follow a God that you don't understand? Let me answer that question for those of you who, who aren't sure about this whole Jesus thing yet. The answer is, yes, it is possible to follow a God that you don't understand. In fact, that's the only way to do it. You have some understanding, sure, but if you wait to collect all the information, you're never going to begin your journey. You're never going to begin your journey with Jesus if you wait until you have all the information. It's not going to happen. If I had to wait until I collected all the information about Holly before we got married, we wouldn't be married yet. You know what I'm saying? You need to take that step first. And so here's the second point I'm trying to make for those of you who aren't sure about this whole thing, who aren't sure about Christianity, and you feel like, you know, maybe this is for me, maybe it's not. You know, don't let a lack of information, don't let a lack of information prevent you from beginning your journey. <laughs> You'll learn more on the way. You'll discover more on the way. If that's the thing that's holding you up, don't let a lack of information prevent you from beginning your journey. Now, here's where we come in as a church, as a collective, okay? It's our job as a church to help each other in this journey, okay? So again, talking to the Christians, all right? Some of you, it's like, I try to collect your stories of how you connected with this church and why you're part of this church, okay? Some of you, before Hope, you were Christians already. Some of you, before Hope, you were a part of some other congregation. And for some of you, you sat in pews for a long time collecting the information, without having the experience of doing and serving and living it out. You were just collecting and collecting and collecting and collecting and you needed to have the experience. Well, we want to help you have the experience of loving your neighbors and serving your neighbors and being active in your community. Doing all the stuff that you've been ingesting for all this time, now you can do it. We want to help you do that. And some of you, and I know some of you well enough to know this is true, some of you come from a church background where you had all sorts of experiences and you felt them, and you know, you've been to the big things where they have the lights flashing and the smoke machines, and you just feel overwhelmed by the passion, and you just you go up forward and you, 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 know, you do that altar call and you make that confession. You've had the experiences, but you don't have the information, and we want to give that to you. That's our goal as a church is to give you that information. If you lack that in your last church experience, we want you to have the information and the experience. That's why we're here. But more importantly... For those of you who are here today or are listening online, you're like, I'm not sure about this. I'm not sure about this Jesus thing. I'm not sure about all this. We want to help you find that first step and take it. <laughs> we want to help you find that first step and take it because here's the thing. Trying to do this thing of following Jesus is like impossible to do on your own. You're not on your own. We're going to do this together. And one of the things that's very important to us here at Hope Community Church is we don't want to set these lofty expectations. From the minute you walk through these theater doors, you need to already know the Bible inside out. You need to know how to find each book. No! You don't have to pretend to be anywhere 
that you're not. You can be absolutely, you know what, I've spent a lot of time in church, but I've never read the Bible. Okay, fine, own that. That's where you need to start, you know what I mean? We want to help you find and take that next step. We want to help you find and take that first step in following Jesus. And we will be on this journey together. Let's pray on that. Father God, you know, you know each one of us. You know our strengths, you know our weaknesses, you know, you know what we know. You know how much information we've received. We, you know what our beliefs are. You know all this, and you know what we've experienced. And so, Father God, help us to have that, that accurate balance, that righteous balance. Help us to have the information, to have the experience. And, and Father God, more importantly, as a church, help us to be a help to others who are on this journey. We want to encourage each other. We want to continue growing. We don't want to backslide. We want to keep growing in our faith, keep growing in our relationship with you, Jesus. And so, Father God, I pray for each one of us right now that you would help us find and take that next step in our journey with you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.